Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, December 7th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm theater throwback's Daniela Parcell. Yeah, no James. This is the first time, Daniela, <laughs> I think that I've done the show with somebody other than James. I've done the show a lot by myself, but never with somebody. So congratulations. I have no idea where James is. He's at a show. <laughs> I think he told me, but he's like seeing like five shows this week and I couldn't keep track of what it is. It might be... SpongeBob. It might don't hold okay. me to that, but I think it might be SpongeBob. No, I think we might have talked about this before. Are you of the SpongeBob generation? Yes, um, I SpongeBob was my favorite cartoon growing up, but okay. it was always on at times where for some reason I couldn't watch cartoons, so it was kind of like a treat for me. Um, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about the musical. It's gradually <laughs> it seems to be growing on me, and I actually I'm going to be in New York next week, and I'm thinking I might have to try and see it. Yeah, have you? They released the cast album before they came to Broadway. Have you heard that music at all? I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, we talked about on the grosses earlier this week. It's not grossing super high, although I'm sure that the um, the reviews probably bumped up some prices and <laughs> ticket sales. So when you're there, definitely try to check it out and let us know how it is. But uh, another show that I think is going to be probably a little harder to get tickets to is Hamilton over in London's West. And it started performances last night um, by the time we we're recording since they're a few hours ahead of us. It is already over, but apparently Adele was in the audience, so that's a big mm. deal, I guess. So uh, Hamilton is now on two continents playing four different productions. Obviously, the original New York one, then Chicago, then the tour is currently in Los Angeles and now in London. The second tour, the Eliza tour, the first one that's been in California for the whole year, is the Angelica tour. The Eliza tour will launch, I believe, in early to mid-February. So we will be having lots and lots of Hamilton all the way around around. Hamilton is currently playing at the Victoria Palace Theater. It's reopening the Victoria Palace Theater in London. Uh, my co-host on Some Like It Pop, Jennifer McHugh, she's already got tickets to see it in London in June, so she is very, very excited about that. So, all right, Daniela, let's get into the news. First up, yesterday, the Actors' Equity Association announced that it had reached a new three-year agreement with BroadwayCon. As I'm sure you remember, Daniela, from all of the binge listening to Today on Broadway episodes <laughs> to, uh, to join us, last year there was almost a major problem uh, because Equity more or less threatened to ban union members from performing at the conference without an updated contract. It was only the second year of Broadway Con, and things really hadn't been smoothed out. They did eventually come to a decision just days before Broadway Con began, and everything went according to plan. However, a new agreement uh, sets a standard weekly contract for equity members who rehearse or work for multiple days for whether it's performances or if they're doing some sort of um, sing-along or whatever it is, there's a new standard rate for that. It includes an increase from last year as well as annual wage increases throughout the life of the contract. The agreement also clarifies rates for short performance-based appearances since the vast majority of events at Broadway Con really don't require much more than an hour of time for each of the actors. The new agreement includes, get this, a 95% increase in the weekly minimum salary for actors. Nice work if you can get it. Uh, the new minimum weekly salary for stage managers will also be doubled. The three-year agreement also includes a 2.5% annual wage increase for the life of that contract for people that are performing at Broadway Con. Now, Danielle, you said you're going to New York next week. Have you been to Broadway Con before? I haven't. It's not um, really at a good time of year for me to yeah. kind of drop everything and yeah, go to that's true. New Fair. York. Um 
I think it's interesting that they're like using an equity contract for this. I never really thought of it that way. I um, always seemed, you know, like a con, like a just kind of a meet and greet kind of thing. But that's interesting that they're kind of stressing that they need to reach an agreement for it. Yeah, what it is is, and I haven't been either. Broadway con scares me. Um, but <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the reason is, is that for a lot of like the panels where they're talking and answering questions, totally fine. No contract for that is, a, at all. But when equity members are performing on a stage, it has to be under union rules. So whether that's a concert or whether that's a just a one performance, whether it's a sing along with a movie, whatever it is, they have to be protected via union rules. So that is why that. And I think it's one of those things, to be honest with you, if I had to guess, Broadway Con didn't anticipate, which is why it was almost a big yeah. problem last year. Um, but I've been to, I've talked about this before, I've been to the Mega Con down here in Orlando, um, covering it the last couple of years, which is kind of like a, a knockoff of Comic Con. I don't go to the, the panels at all, but um, just the amount of people there freaks me out. It's too much, and they're all super excited. I can only imagine cranking that up even higher at a Broadway-themed thing with people doing cosplay and stuff. I love those people, and I'm so glad that those people have a good time, but it creeps me out. And I will say this, though. There might be a Broadway con announcement coming from the Broadway radio universe here soon. I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to drop any information, but I will just say keep your ears out for that as it might be coming down the pike soon. All right. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> some other news. This is this this is also interesting. I, we didn't mention Danielle. It was a really slow news day, so I'm kind of screen. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, reaching for stories. But so apparently earlier this week at the venerable Neil Simon Theater, an audience member had brought a service dog to the show with him, and that dog got a little rambunctious, got away from its owner, and chased actress Mackenzie Warren before an usher intervened and grabbed the pup. Now, normally I'd consider this just something like a phone going off or someone talking or falling asleep or whatever, annoying but not a big deal. But it gets more interesting because you might have guessed or might have remembered that at the Neil Simon Theater, Mackenzie Warren is in the musical Cats. So we actually had a dog chasing a cat uh, at the Neil Simon Theater. A <laughs> spokesperson for the show confirmed the incident saying, quote, in the storied history of Cats, this is the first time one of the actual cats with a big C, was involved in an incident with a dog. We're pleased to report that no animals or humans were harmed in the dust-up, and the performance continued without a hitch. Now, Danielle, a big question here. Are you more of a dog person or a cat person? Definitely dog, but um, I am gradually becoming more of a cat person. Very, very slowly, but I used to really hate cats, and I'm growing to like them. We're talking about the animals, not the musical. The, the animals. I don't have an opinion on the musical. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm allergic to both dogs and cats. So oh, I no. really, yeah, I'm allergic to anything with feathers or fur, basically. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, I, this is going to get me in trouble. I know it is. I know this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because I'm allergic to everything, the need for pet owners to bring their pets. And now this is a different thing because that's a service animal. That's a completely different thing. But it always worries me when I fly and people have dogs on airplanes, like in their lap. I'm totally, I'm fine, whatever that, you know, you do you. But the fact that we're in a confined space and I also have asthma. So oftentimes when I have allergic reactions to dogs, I end up in the hospital. It always makes me really nervous. So like I understand being accepting and accommodating for these people that love their dogs or whatever, but it also could kill me. So I'm always very uh, conscious of those things and a little worried and a little annoyed, but I understand. So if you're around me with your dog, just make sure your dog doesn't jump all over me or I'll be sending you the 
hospital bill. Um, anyway, okay, let's move on to something else. <laughs> we are in the final month of 2017, Daniela, and the New York Times is starting to release its end-of-year lists. As always, the theater critics combined for their individual top ten lists. Jesse Green also threw in some more honorable mentions. Both him and the venerable Ben Brantley both included the band's visit, A Doll's House Part 2, Escaped Alone, which played at BAM earlier this year, and Springsteen on Broadway on their lists. Brantley included Jitney and Sunday in the Park with George. Jesse Green mentioned both of those in his honorable mentions, so there was a little bit more overlap there. Also, film critic Wesley Morris released his best of list, and he's... It's not really a TV or movie list. It's, he just calls it a performance list. So there's a little bit of everything in there, and some of them are super random. Uh, so, which is, that's one of the reasons why I love Wesley Morris. But the, the ones of particular interest to theater fans include the very first one at the top of his list, the great and the good Stephanie J. Block in the PBS production of Falsettos singing I'm Breaking Down. I don't think anyone would, would disagree with that one or this one. He also mentions Lori Metcalf for her dual performances in A Doll's House Part 2 in the movie Lady Bird uh, and the Broadway favorite Jennifer Lewis on Blackish. Also of note, the book writer from Mean Girls, Tina Fey, got a shout out for her return to Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Now, Danielle, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but whether it's theater, TV, film, NFL end zone celebrations, that's actually on Wesley Morris's list. Uh, what was your favorite performance of 2017? Um, the first thing that's popping into my head is probably the Sunday in the Park with George revival. Um, right. It was just so like glorious. Did you actually see the per- production or just the cast album? I did see it, yes. Ugh, and um, I was you. just kind of on the edge of my seat the entire time. It was, I don't know. <laughs> did you? Did you have an affinity or any kind of relationship with the original production? Since that was preserved on PBS as well, a lot of people have seen that, including myself, with Mandy and Bernadette. Did you know that before seeing the Broadway revival? I had never seen it. I listened to it. Um, I was a big Sondheim fan, but I wasn't excessively familiar with the show. So that was my first time actually seeing it done full out. And, uh, and Anna Lee and Jake, did, you know, they lived up to expectations. Oh, absolutely. All right, good. That's not bad. I I don't know that I have anything that jumps out uh, off the top of my head. I will say maybe um, there's a couple a couple movie things. I don't know that I have a theater thing that really stands out, but a couple of movie things. Just the whole movie Get Out is amazing. All of mm-hmm. the performances in that. So, all right. Like I said, slow news day, Daniela. But fortunately, you are here with a theater throwback. So hit me with what you've got this week. Okay, so um, today's is a little bit sad, not to put oh, a damper on anyone's great. day. So we have but, um, no, so we have no news, and then you're being <laughs> Debbie Downer on the show too. Great, yeah. this is what happens it, when James isn't here. Thanks a lot, Daniela. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, <laughs> it's not that bad, but we're going back to December seventh, nineteen ninety one, which was the day when it was announced that the Mark Hellinger Theater would be sold. So two years before this announcement, the Nederlander organization began leasing the theater to the Times Square Church. This was supposed to be just a five-year lease, but not even halfway through that lease, the Nederlanders ended up selling the theater to the church for $17 million. The Mark Hellinger opened in 1930 as a movie house, then called the Hollywood Theater, and though it was intended for movies, from the beginning, the stage was big enough to present Broadway shows. So in the 30s, the theater would kind of alternate between films and live performances. 
1940, it began to operate exclusively as a live theater, but in 1941, it went back exclusively to movies. And then in 1948, producer Anthony Brady Farrell purchased the house, renovated it, renamed it after the journalist Mark Hellinger, and turned it into a full-time Broadway theater. It officially opened as the Mark Hellinger with All for Love on January 22, 1949. So under that ownership, the Hellinger had a handful of notable productions. The Sound of Music and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum both ran there, but it only had one really big hit, which was My Fair Lady in 1956. I've By heard the of 70s it. <laughs> Have you? I'm familiar. Okay. By the 70s, the Nederlander organization had purchased the theater, and there were a few more successes, most notably Jesus Christ Superstar and Sugar Babies. But pretty quickly, whatever little bit of luck the Hellinger still had had turned, and it started churning out a long string of largely unsuccessful shows. Some kind of notable flops that played there were Grind, Rags, which we're kind of seeing reincarnated now, and mm -hmm. Like Simon. By the 80s, probably the most successful thing to come out of the Hellinger since My Fair Lady was the Chorus Line movie that was partially shot there. <laughs> the, it's not very good. The movie's not good. Uh, not compared to the stage show, but okay. <laughs> Much of this trouble wasn't really the Mark Hellinger's fault. Um, it was a beautiful space, but Broadway as a whole was struggling at the time. Times Square had fallen into turmoil, and the industry just wasn't really thriving. There simply weren't enough shows, and the Nederlanders couldn't afford to keep all of these empty theaters running, so they had to make the truly tragic decision to turn the Mark Hellinger over to the Times Square Church. And Legs Diamond was the last show to run there. As for whether the Hellinger will ever return to the arms of Broadway, who knows? The Post published an article in 2010 that basically said that the Times Square Church doesn't want to let it go. The Schubert organization, Disney, and Cameron McIntosh had all chased after the theater and made offers, but with the amount of donations that the church collects each service, which I imagine is a ton, <laughs> it's extremely profitable and they're just not interested in selling it. The good news is that the Hellinger is protected by uh, New York City landmark laws, so the church has not been able to alter it or change it or ruin it. And if it ever does operate as a theater again, we will be able to see it in its original beauty. Awesome, very cool. Yeah, and I know the the church does do tours of the of the theater as well, so you can go in and walk around if you don't want to, you know, sit through a whole. I don't even know what kind of denominational <laughs> church it is, but they if you want to go, denominational. is it non-denominational? Okay, yeah. so um, if if you don't want to sit through a non-denominational service, you can take a tour and and kind of see how beautiful the theater is. I've never I've never been. Um, it sounds like something I should do though. Um, but yeah, it is sad. You're right. I was expecting someone to die or something. Um, so not that <laughs> kind of sad. Dramatic. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but we're theater people. That's okay. Um, but okay, so that's this is sad. So I, I, I appreciate you bringing the show all the way down from no news, <laughs> no James, to a really sad theatrical story. Thanks a lot, Danielle. I appreciate yeah. that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. And subscribe to Some Like It Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I've been sitting on an episode of Some Like It Pop since, like, Thanksgiving. And I haven't finished editing it. I'm sorry. It'll be up very, very soon. Daniela, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Daniela Parcel. And if you really want, on Instagram at Daniela Parcel OL. OL. What's the OL? Because it's like parcel, lol, emphasis on lol. Oh, Lord. 
<laughs> All right. James and I uh, will be back tomorrow to finish out the week along with Caitlin Milligan telling you what's happening off the stage. Until then, have a great Thursday, and we'll talk to you soon.